What does it take to be a successful chiropractor? It's the art, science, and philosophy of chiropractic. And although that's a beautiful story, it's an incomplete one if you're the practice owner, right? And the practice owner's got a fourth leg that we have to master, and that's business acumen, right? Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. We're honored to be with you here today, and thank you for joining us on our remarkable journey with you. Hey, we're in a series right now, the four parts uh, series, and today is part four. If you haven't listened to the other three, it is you do not get what you want, you get what you measure. We're going to dive into collections today. This is about the money. Show me the money. We've heard that before. We're going to be diving into that. Before we do, we just want to give a shout out to our amazing listeners. Thank you so much for being a part of our uh, our program. We uh, we just have been just so blessed and honored to run into people around the country in our travels and around the world, Doc, right? Around the world in the travels. Around the world. So we are thrilled. Thank you for uh, for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing it with your friends uh, and colleagues. Continue to do that, please. We really have a mission to uh, see chiropractic. You know, our vision is, you know, what the world needs now is chiropractic. What chiropractic needs now, more successful chiropractors. The goal of this podcast is to help more chiropractors succeed. And uh, that's what this is all about. So thank you so much for being a part of it. And hey, We've had a few great, uh, great stories come in from listeners from our podcast, Doc. Don't we? Yeah, you know what? We're all suckers for testimonials. Aren't we? we just love them, right? So just, I, you know, the heartstrings of a patient testimonial, right? when you're in practice and you hear that person or you, they write a, a great testimonial or they shoot a great testimonial video, right? So this, there is, I always thought there's nothing like it, but then I started getting testimonials from our clients and I said, oh, wait a minute, you know, the impact, the scale, our reach is unbelievable. And I just love when we travel and go to seminars and run into other people that are like, oh man, I've been loving the podcast. I've been listening to the podcast. It's man, it's made a huge shift in my business and my practice and my life. And man, when we read these testimonials from you guys, we just, I want you to know how much we love them. Right. And we pass them around. <laughs> We're like, yeah, did you read that testimonial? So awesome. So uh, I'm, I want to share one today. Uh, this one uh, is from BR underscore VT. So BR underscore VT says, on point and actionable, right? I love that. So Remarkable CEO Podcast has quickly become one of my favorite coaching tools. The content is relevant, timely, and has been tested and proven. As doctors Stephen and Pete always say, the chiropractic business is heart, head, hands, and feet, and that's exactly how they run the show. It's so helpful to try on their CEO mindset and implement their tactics. They've created a comprehensive roadmap from going from owner-operator to CEO. Thanks for all your efforts, docs. So good, man. I love reading this. Yeah, that was so good. And we appreciate you. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, here's another great one. It says, so it began 50 years ago. And it says, from so proud dad, five stars. It says, I was a young new father given a challenging task required by all parents. I was doing the absolute best I could, trying not to fail in my duties when my baby boy reached out to me, looked me in the eye, and spoke his very first words. Dad, trust me. I know there's a lot better way. There's a better way. Stop what you've been doing. Refocus. Listen to other more experienced fathers and recommit to being the best, most remarkable dad on the planet. 
stunned I responded, thank you, Stephen, for those first words of wisdom. Trust me. I know you're going to do and be something remarkable years from now. In the meantime, let me finish changing your diaper. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, son. So proud to be your dad. Can't wait to be adjusted by my grandson, Dr. Sam, 30 years from now when I'm 100, dad. Pretty special. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for reading that one, Pete. <laughs> yeah. I can just imagine. I just had a visual of you on the changing table, just like kicking your feet up, just the classic, and then just like ripping your dad to give him a little coaching. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Hey, thanks, dad, if you're listening. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. And here's the thing I think you made a really good point, Doc, at the beginning. You know, if you're not in your own businesses and practice, being really intentional about capturing the stories and the testimonies of your patients, we just, highly encourage you to do that. I mean, I think most people are aware of how important reviews are and all that in our businesses in this day and age, how important that really is. But being intentional, not about only getting reviews, but getting the testimonials, hearing the people share their stories and getting them to write their stories or video their stories. And such an important thing for yourself, for you and your team. Even if you said, I don't even need to use this as a tool to try to reach more people to, you know, to show that, you know, the value of what we do here and get that endorsement. If you just did it for your own self to keep yourself and your team members on point and getting your heart, keeping your heart right, keeping your head right. For that reason alone, it's worth it. So I just encourage you. I I was thinking about that as you were talking that, you know, we could all probably do a better job of in our own organizations and businesses. You're listening to us as a CEO of capturing testimony. So I challenge you as you listen to this, because I know we have all sorts of different business owners, different fields of, of business beyond even chiropractic who listen, regardless of your business, be intentional about capturing the, the amazing stories and testimonies from the folks that you serve through your business. Absolutely. And for yourself and for your team, right? So testimonials are the nitrous oxide of purpose. And when you can just constantly just at will go to a reservoir of these testimonials that you collect, I mean, I can remember in our practice, I had we had about 600 testimonials that we had collected over 22 years. And we had these three big binders that each had about 200 in there. And I would grab that binder before I went in for a report of findings or I started a better results faster workshop or I did an outside talk and I would just flip through those binders. We always had a picture of the person and their story, right? That was just enough for me. I'd pick one or two. Sometimes it took a paragraph from one of them and I'm like, I'm after it. I'm ready. And it just changes your mindset, changes your state and make sure that your every cell in your body is aligned with your purpose and you have total clarity around exactly why you're going to do the hard stuff, right? So make sure that you slow down to speed up, right? Force the function, ask for testimonials, capture the testimonials, collect them, put them in a place. I have like, I have a file on my phone in my photos that I take screenshots of all of the text messages and testimonials that we get from our clients. And I keep them in a folder. And at will, I can just open that up at any given time and just read a dozen testimonials and fill myself up as I go to start my day. So, you know, it's the key thing here for you and for your team is when we think about our vision story of what success looks like for our life or for our business, uh, that's really, that's the subjective story that gets our heart engaged and it gets all that activation energy going for us to do the hard stuff. And then we go drop right down and we start talking about things like scorecards and metrics and KPIs like we're going to talk about today. And very often there can be a disconnect, if not for you, definitely for your team. When you go from the subjective to the objective and remember, it's really critical that those things are married. They've got to make sure that the heart and the head are married before you ask them to engage their hands and feet. And the bridge between the subjective and objective is story. So make sure that the stories are there because the stories are what make it about humans. Yeah, I think the the word story is going to come up multiple times in our discussion today 
uh, about collections. So we're in a series right now. If you're tuning in, you've been tracking with us. As you know, this is part four, which is you don't get what you want. You get what you measure part four. And it's about collections. So if you haven't listened to previous episodes, we went through attraction, went through conversion, went through retention. Now we're going to land on collections, fourth part of this series. You don't get what you want. You get what you measure. And we're going to get into this and we're going to talk about how you as a owner operator versus a CEO, how an owner operator and CEO look at this different. They look at collections different. It's a different experience. And so you'll find yourself, you know, in the midst of us listening, finding yourself like, hey, I'm tending towards this, I'm tending towards that. And we really hope that we can help clarify, you know, what does it look like to be a remarkable CEO when it comes to collections? You know, how does a CEO work with collections? How does a CEO think about money and and manage money and lead with this area of their business? So we're going to dive into it, Doc. So I want to start with, you know, the the why. Let's start there. And the, the number one thing here is, is that, you know, it's critically important that you're on top of the collection part of your business because we're in the business of saving lives. And when business is good, everybody wins. And what makes our, our what we do significant is the fact that we're exchanging value. We talk about that when people come into your business, they invest, they make a payment towards their care. They're actually exchanging value. There's an exchange of value. So we deliver value and in exchange, the response from a customer is to give you money, to pay money for that. There's an exchange of value. So the reason why this is so important is because we're actually measuring value, actually. So when you think about collection, you could take the word collections out, replace it with the word value, really. Like how much value have we generated this year? $1 million, $1.5 million, $2 million, $3 million in value was generated and transferred this year, right? So that's, to me, it's very significant. If you think about it in the terms of value exchange, that's why this is so important. So as a CEO, you're communicating with your team. And sometimes the team is not sure how to think about money at that level. So it's really important that they understand we're talking about an exchange of value. And, and I think the, the why is important to start there, that we have to stay on top of it because we're actually talking about values. Yeah, we got to remember the the purpose of a business is to add value by solving a problem for another person, right? So, you know, there's a sequence to value. People talk about value all the time, but there's a real sequence to value. The sequence to value is creating value, delivering value, adding value, and capturing value, right? So maybe that's an episode for the future, Dr. Pete. We can unpack that and do an MBA course on value, right? But at the end of the day, value is an incredibly important thing to measure, right? So capturing value means getting paid for it, right? So we want to make sure that we don't disturb the dynamic of that flow, right? We don't want to interrupt that because it's one of the fastest ways to kick somebody out of your practice, right? Is to devalue your care and upset that dynamic flow of value transference along that sequence. So, uh, you know, the why this is larve dominion. Why do we have to measure these elements? Why do we have to measure these metrics, these KPIs? Uh, we have to demonstrate the capacity to manage well the things that we've been trusted with so far. So he'll bless us with more, right? This is basic, fundamental, the 10 talents, <laughs> right? So we want to be good stewards of the business. And the financial piece of this is absolutely critical. It's truly where the rubber hits the road you know, and ultimately demonstrating the capacity to manage well the treasure that we've been trusted with uh, is critical. Yeah. I mean, we talk about in chiropractic, it's a sacred trust and it really is. And again, you may be listening to this and not in a chiropractic business. 
but what you do is is sacred. It's 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 vital. It's important. If it's part of your calling and your assignment, and it's, it's part of the talent you've been given. You're using your talent, your gifts, your resources, your time, energy, and focus to invest in work, doing good work. It's significant to look at it that way. And so we're going to walk through it. Just so there's the why, but you've got the what, you've got the how, and you've got the when. So we're going to kind of go through this. Like, what does this sequence look like? So we start with the why. That's the heart behind it. We're talking about stewardship and talents and value. You know how important that is the law of dominion and just such powerful stuff. So then we start to once you leave there, it's just, okay. Let's get into some of the practicals. Like, what is it that we measure? Right. That's the what question. The what question says what's important to measure. And, you know, you might think as a business owner, like most chiropractors, you know, you didn't go to business school. You don't have an MBA. Uh, you are most who open a business kind of don't really know what they're doing because you don't learn it in school and you kind of try to figure it out. So most chiropractors at the beginning, I don't even know what to measure. Like, how do you know? Do you talk to your banker? Do you talk to your accountant? Like, I, do they know what to measure? So this is a conversation we want to bring some clarity to today is what to measure. We're also going to talk about how do you measure it? that's as critically important as what to measure is how you do it. Because we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about the when, which is, you know, when do you discuss this? What's the reporting and the meeting rhythm? What are the cadences that you have to have in place? So you never, you don't uh, interfere with your purpose, the heart of things, and you keep everything, you know, there's integrity to this conversation here too. So let's dive into uh, the first, you know, is it, let's dive into the what doc. I mean, let's talk about what it is that we actually should be measuring. Yeah. For some of you are like, wow, you guys started out really esoteric here. <laughs> you guys are out there on a funny on the financial conversation. But you know, here's something more practical. We all know this to be true. What you focus on grows. <laughs> right. So all of us are in the business uh, to make a bigger impact and make a bigger income. Uh, so what you focus on grows. So let's get really clear about what we're focusing on, what we're measuring, right? So what matters gets measured, right? And you don't get what you want, you get what you measure. So what are we measuring? What are we focusing on? And what are we communicating to our team? This is what's important here. This is what matters. This is what gets measured, right? So uh, there's a lot of KPIs we could go through here. There's a lot of metrics we could go through here. And as far as collection metrics goes, you got build services, you got revenues and collections, you got profit, profit margin, you've got CVA or collection visit average, right? You got EVA expense visit average. You've got PPD, which is profit per visit. You've got case average, lifetime value, prospect value. Dr. Pete, we could go in a lot of directions with this one. Well, I mean, one of the things that's jumping out to me is you always say this, Doc, and I love this. You say, you know, one number is a fact, two numbers is a story. Amen, man. Right? So here's the thing. A lot of us can throw around a number here and a number there, but it's it's really do, do the two number it does does one number tell a story no do the two numbers that you're talking about do they tell the story and that's what we want to get into so I want to talk about something that happened to me in practice it's happened in business throughout my entire career it's still to this day and it's something that I know that our all the everybody who's listening who's in business they think about this which is the the number of you know your collection visit average and your uh, profit per visit and the number that's in the middle of that is the expense the expenses per visit. So I want to talk about that equation right there because that one is, it's a bottom line number. We talk about profit, you know, and I know that for me, like growing big business and as we continue to grow and scale, every benchmark we hit, we had to increase our overhead, right? So here we were like doing better. We were making more. And the next thing you know, my expenses had to go up again, you know, and then we grow again and then expenses go up again, right? So there's this toggling back and forth of, um, you know, revenue and profits are up and then revenue and then expenses are up and profits are down. 
right? And so because we made a reinvestment in the company. So I want to talk about that, Doc. Let's talk about the psychology behind that, the emotion behind that, and then very practically, like just how to walk through understanding those metrics. Let's dive into it. Conversation, right? So in school, we were all taught the three-legged stool of chiropractic success, right? That was famously stated by BJ Palmer, right? So it's like, what does it take to be a successful chiropractor? It's the art, science, and philosophy of chiropractic. And although that's a beautiful story, it's an incomplete one if you're the practice owner, right? And the practice owner's got a fourth leg that we have to master, and that's business acumen, right? So this conversation right now, what you you just jumped in the middle of the deep end, man, when you asked that question. So this is an all four legs of the stool have to be flexed here for for this to make sense and for you to land where you want to land and get the outcomes you're looking for. So there is an art, science, philosophy, and business acumen associated with profit, right? So, you know, at, at the end of the day, profit is what's the money that's left over, right? So it's like, what, what am I actually going to be taking home? It's one thing to talk about how much money you make in the practice, but how much do you keep, right? How much do you get to take home and leverage for your your family, for your lifestyle, to for your legacy, how you get to invest and et cetera, right? So, you know, profit becomes incredibly important but it is very complex as well, right? So I love that you started with one number's a fact, two numbers are a story, right? So it's really important when you're talking about metrics, when you're talking about numbers, always be asking yourself, what are the two numbers that make up the story, right? So you talked about uh, the profit per visit, right? That's an incredibly important number to know. And how we arrive at that is our CVA or our collection visit average. What do we get paid per visit? And our EVA, which is our expense visit average, right? What are our expenses? What does it cost us to adjust somebody? So the collection visit average minus the expense visit average is going to give you the profit per visit, right? Really important equation for people to understand. And those are really the two levers, right? So your collection visit average, you could manipulate that. You could change that, right? Or the expense visit average, you have influence in changing that. But both of those things are very dynamic, which means that the profit margin becomes dynamic as well. So, you know, we could talk for an hour on this, but I want to go right after what you just said, as far as the dynamic you experienced, so many other doctors experience was, is as you grow, growth sucks cash, right? So that's like, I think that's rule number one or number two in business, right? So growth sucks cash, right? So what does that mean? As you're growing, it requires more capital, you know, and there is uh, there, there is this trajectory where, you know, our revenues go up, but our expenses go up fortunately. And by the grace of God in chiropractic, we have this really sexy business model where our expenses shouldn't be chasing our income, right? So our profit can get bigger. So, you know, there's a dynamic you have to appreciate as a, as an, as a CEO, right? This is a totally different perspective as an owner operator. CEOs think totally different about, for example, overhead, right? So let's go right after the big one, payroll, right? So as you grow your business in chiropractic, there's two numbers that will really be probably changing uh, with the growth of the business. One of them is most likely marketing, right? And the other one is payroll, right? So those are the two numbers that, you know, you can really choose to step on the gas with your marketing, but you almost have to increase your payroll and overhead to be able to deliver excellent service, right? So uh, let's look at the payroll one, okay? So the payroll one is a funky one uh, because people start to freak out, <laughs> you know? The owner operator looks at increasing the size of their staff and increasing their payroll. When they think about hiring a person, they think about, man, I'm just increasing my overhead. I'm cutting into my profits, right? And I'm increasing my payroll, right? So that's how an owner operator thinks because remember, they're still in the head down, bum up, brute force season of their career, you know? And that's stressful when you think, oh my gosh, I have to hire another person. 
that's more overhead, that's less take home for me, et cetera, right? So why would I hire somebody to do work that I can just whip my team and make them work harder and longer and faster, right? Or I'll just, you know, and I'll do it myself. Why would I pay somebody else to do it, right? That's a really limited mindset, right? That's the owner operator tattoo, right? So that's the identity of an owner operator. When you make the identity shift from owner operator to CEO, CEOs think about things totally differently, right? We've recognized that we are no longer going to be subject to growing our business on brute force and we are going to start leveraging, right? We're going to leverage other people, systems, and technology, right? We're going to go from labor to leader, right? So we know that when we are thinking about our team and taking on new team members, we come from the perspective as I know my vision story. I know what I'm trying to do here. I know the business that we're going to be creating in the next 12 months and next three to five years. I know my vision story and I know the goals that make that objective. And in order to manifest that vision story and reach our goals, I'm going to need to invest in other people's horsepower, in other people's time, energy, focus, and talent. So I am very ready to use my money to invest, to buy other people's time, energy, focus, to free up my time, energy, focus, so I can personally do more of what I'm uniquely gifted to doing that's more in line with my purpose, whether that's taking care of patients and delivering care, which is awesome, or is it doing more marketing and more attraction and conversion, or is it more leadership and taking on that CEO role more or developing your team and training more? Or how about this crazy idea, taking some time off or right-sizing your schedule or taking weekends off, maybe going on a vacation, right? And investing in more time with your family, with your friends, your fitness, whatever it happens to be, right? So you're using one of your four limited resources, your money, to buy somebody else's time, energy, and focus to free up your time, energy, and focus. It's an amazing dynamic where you recognize that, yes, that may negatively impact my profit margin, but you're creating scalability and probably more importantly, durability, and then eventually transferability. Yeah. And I think what's really important, Docs, and as you're listening, is that there's a timeline for this. And I think that's where discernment comes in. That's where having some good, wise counsel during this process is super important. I know being a coach, you know, we live in this, this world with clients we get to work with because it is that decision. And then you're going you're gonna to go through that season, uh, that period of time. It could be a 90-day period. It could be six months. I mean, there's a period where it, it feels a little bit, it's like, it's a little bit hairball, right? You're, you're just kind of like, I'm not sure but if you stay the course, you're going to see yeah, as a result of, of what we talk about, if you go through all the six sides of the of the, the business puzzle to solve, you hire the right person, you get them in the right seat, in the right role, doing the right work the right way, eventually that's going to turn into profit, right? Because when you write the, get the right person in the right position, doing the right work, the center of that is the convergence is profitability. They profit, meaning they're fulfilled and profit, the business profits, and that's win-win. So that's what happens. So there has to be a maturity to this conversation. It's interesting because so many of the docs we get on a call with, you know, who are in that place of owner operator, they know they need to, or they, they think they need to move into scale and they want to move in that direction. This is where their struggle is. It's right in this spot. And this is such an important thing. And, you know, and without going, cause we could go an hour, like you said, I, I want to get it. So that was so powerful. It was interesting how a metric conversation turned into a conversation about purpose and vision and value. But do you see how this works? As you're listening, did you see how this conversation, you cannot, as a CEO, we talked about your objectives as a CEO. Number one is vision casting. It's also having a vision for every element of your business, including the collection element, the money part, and how that is, that's driving how you make decisions about every element of your, of your business. It goes back to your vision. 
So you have to have clarity on what success looks like to you because that's going to drive the decisions that you make. And it's going to enable you to go out on that, that desert island for a minute where there's the food is there's like less food. But you know, if you get through to their side, there's going to be a feast on the other side because there's a boat that's going to take you to this amazing resort. And so you just, I got to get across this thing and you got to journey through that. And that's where discernment and wisdom and timing and all those things come in. And those are elements that they're very dynamic. So yeah. And that's the nuance, right? So, you know, that's, this is where mentoring is so important. You have to have somebody who has experience in this come alongside you and say, okay, so let's talk about the timing, right? Let's talk about your emotional readiness. Let's talk about your team's readiness. How about your family's readiness, right? So, because ultimately there's always a cost, right? There's always a trade-off. That's what a CEO the, the CEO's perspective, one of the most important questions that you can ask as a CEO is, what's the trade-off? Because we are either enamored with a possibility, right? Or just fretting over something that may never happen, right? So you always have to be able to say objectively, okay, so um, what is the trade-off with this scenario? What is the trade-off with this scenario? What is the trade-off with this? There's always a positive and negative. And I love what Marcini says in equilibration. They always perfectly equilibrate themselves. But you, if you are really objective about it, you'd be like, okay, so what's the trade-off here, right? So if you recognize that in order to go from owner-operator to CEO, in order to go from job to business, there will be a season, there will be a period where that your systems, systems might be strained a bit, your financial systems might be strained a bit. We want to mitigate that. We want to reduce that risk, right? We want to make that as brief as possible or maybe skip it all together, right? So there's a science to this, there's a methodology to this, and we're just scratching the surface of it. Yeah. So let's dive into the how. Uh, okay. So we talked about just a couple metrics here and then the what to measure. And like doc, you went through this, there's a bunch of metrics to measure uh, when it comes to collections. Let's talk about how the how. So how do we capture this uh, information? I mean, I know we have a very specific way that we recommend that, that doctors do this and pretty much every successful business, they have some real system systems around this. And there's, there's a real method around um, the how, how do we capture the information what are the expectations around this? What are the agreements that we have around the, you know, collect? We could focus on this inside, like, so working with your team and that, or we could focus on the patient side. I mean, the client side, and there's a lot of elements to go down, but let's just talk about internally in our business, how we, uh, how we collect the data. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately you have a person in your office who owns this, right? So one person in your office has got to own the metrics reporting, right? So uh, if you have an office manager or a COO uh, or an integrator, uh, this would be the person be best in charge of like, they're the person that is accountable to the business model. They're accountable to the P&L, right? They're in charge of the metrics, right? Or in the remarkable practice, we call them vital signs, right? Our metrics tracking program is vital signs, right? So just like you know, the vital signs of a human being, the vital signs of your business are the metrics, right? This is the feedback, the object uh, measurement and feedback that you get from this living organism called your business. So you have vital signs that you should be capturing on, but you know, in real time, every day, every week, every month, every quarter, every year, uh, and you have to have access to these numbers. You have to have visibility to them. Uh, it, it has to be thorough. Uh, it has to be accurate and it has to flow to you. So this is the big thing I want docs to hear right now is to go from owner operator to CEO. The CEOs have information flow to them, right? So owner operators, you know what? You might be the one toiling and trying to come up with the numbers and tracking the numbers and creating the reports, et cetera. And, you know, that's probably best case scenario. <laughs> I know a lot of you out there are like, yeah, no, I, I need to know how many newbies did we have this week? What were our collections? And 
what were our patient visits? <laughs> That's all I need to know. It's like, yep, you can get away with that as an owner operator. Okay. But if you don't want to get stuck and build for your whole career and you want to make that transition into the season of scale, then you know you don't get that luxury, right? So you actually have to have thorough metrics that you can use to lead your business. Because when you become a CEO, you stop just running your business on emotion and gut feelings and instinct. And we like to say it's one part gut, two parts data, right? So you need that data. And CEOs have data reports flow to them. Yeah, I mean, this is a, such an important distinction. I want to bring up a couple of points. One is just casting some light on the vital signs tracking system. What, what I love is that in the vital signs tracking system, it's attraction, conversion, retention, collection. So it's all there. So it's an integrated approach to collections because you can see how the collections are directly connected to attraction, conversion, retention. And so we see what drives collections. So there's a direct link to all behaviors that drive outcomes. We say behaviors are what drive outcomes. So you can set a goal, but a goal without a very specific set of actions and then accountability and follow-uping and follow-through, we don't hit goals that way. So when you have a collections goal for your month, quarter, year, that has to be connected directly back to behaviors because behaviors drive outcomes. So the behaviors live underneath the, you don't get what you want, you get what you measure. Part one, attraction conversion, retention, right? The series that we're going through. So that's one of the things I love about the metric tracking reporting is that it's all connected. I'm going to encourage you as you listen to this, that if, if you're, if you've got like all these different reports and there's just, it's scattered, there's not a connective tissue to it. It becomes very, it can become stressful. It can be, it's unfocused. Disjointed. Uh, and it's, it, what's that? It's disjointed. There's a disconnect. It's disjointed. And so there has to be a connection between collections and directly back to all the like the attraction conversion retention of your business all has to be connected there there has to be visibility this way and that way you have to see how one influences the other there it's all connected that's the most important thing with this with running your business as the ceo the tendency as the owner operator is you know the classic you know i um you know i own the the money part right so i'm on top of it i had to stay on top of it you know i'm doing that and and then, you know, I'll determine what's important to measure. And like you said, it's not going to be many things most of the time. Uh, and if it's a lot of things and you're totally caught up in that and that's where you're focused on and that's going to be a distraction. So that's, that could be an issue. And then if, if you get past that, the next thing is how do you capture the info? And typically it's not being captured or it's being captured and it's inconsistent or it's, it's incomplete. And, um, and, then, and then we live with that challenge. And then we, we, the last part is when do you discuss this and reporting rhythms? Next thing you know, you're thinking about money all day long and you're in the middle of adjusting. You're stepping in your office to look at the bank account. Your staff is coming to you with payment stuff, middle of a shift, telling you about a patient. You're like, whoa, you see, this is subluxation symptoms yeah, no way. as a result of not having systems and processes and cadences and, and order and organization to how we do business. And so money is a very sensitive subject. You know, they say it's the number one reason why, you know, you know, divorces happen and money is a, is a major reason why relationships break apart. I mean, it's, it's a very sensitive subject. We're treading here, you know, lightly, but we're treading firmly because for you to be successful in your business, you've got to do money well. You've got to have a great business. You've got to be doing well with, with the financial part of your business, but it can't be something that steals and robs from your purpose of your business, which is to deliver value which is that service that you deliver. And so as an owner operator, 
that's where a lot of the owner operators get stuck because they're in that and they can't let that one go, right? Because you can't trust anyone. Who can I trust with the books? Who can I trust with the bank account? Who can I trust with this? That's a challenge. You know what? And you said it, Doc, earlier. I'm going to bring it up again. It's the difference between a laborer and a leader. Leadership. It's a leadership. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have to set up systems that our team can utilize. So we have to delegate to the right person set up expectations and agreements with our team members and train them on how to do it. And then it's get out of the way, let them do it and let them bring you that information, prepare that information, send it to you, flows to you. So you're making your decisions for the business from a place of information, not desperation, right? So, and you're always informed, right? So you always know exactly where it is. I like to say, I don't have emotions. I have metrics, right? So I don't want to have surprises around my business when it comes, especially to collections, because I don't know, Dr. Pete, how many pleasant surprises do you have when it comes to your, to your business? I like to say, we, you have metrics, so you tell stories, right? So you either have metrics and you know your business or you're telling stories, right? And to, to grow your business, you got to know your business, which, you need, which means that you need to have your reports. And my team knows that if I have to go looking for data and I have to go looking for those reports, I'm already pissed, right? They get, they get that. It's like that flows to me. I get it emailed to me as a, as a PDF. I get a link sent to me that's a Google Drive, like a shared document that's a collaborative document. I mean, everybody in the team gets theirs printed out. I mean, it's waiting for me. It's just like my team takes very good care of me and they know it's just like the last thing you want is to have them go, hey, um, have you seen the new patient tracking report? Is that laying around here? Anyways, like you do not want Dr. Franson coming to your door, knocking on the office and being like, Hey, um, are the new vital signs for, uh, January? Are those ready yet? <laughs> it's like, that is not a conversation you want to have. It's like automatic because we set up really good expectations. and agreements. Thanks for listening to this episode of the remarkable CEO podcast. Remember what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.